Do you think it's too expensive to talk to a lawyer about your business? Well, my guest today, J.P. McAvoy, is going to dispel that myth and more. With offices in Canada and United States and via his platform, The Millionaire's Lawyer, in today's show, J.P. will share his thoughts about everything from rubbing shoulders with Elon Musk to the importance of pizza in innovation. Welcome to J.P. Welcome to Off My Duff, the entrepreneur podcast. Off My Duff is all about getting off your backside and finally, making your impact by living your truth. If you are an entrepreneur with a heart to help others, you're in the right place. We chat with guests from seven figures to just starting out because that's how we roll. Off My Duff is the nudge you need to expand your business and slay resistance. So, without further ado, I invite you to get off your duff, and let's get started. Now, here's your host, Duff Gardner. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to Off My Duff, the entrepreneur podcast. I'm your host, Duff Gardner. Excited to have you here today. If you're a little guy playing a big game, this podcast is for you. I have a somebody who I've wanted to have on my show for quite some time, a good friend of mine, uh, one of these uh, entrepreneurs who straddles both sides of the border, JP McAvoy. Hey, JP, how's it going? Hey, Duff, great to be here. Thanks. Yeah, we've talked about this for a while, so so happy we were able to get together here today. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, we were talking offline, and you have a very interesting story. Um, specifically, we're 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 recording this sort of right in the middle of the COVID situation. And there's so many uh, consultants, practitioners, people who work for themselves and really bank on uh, their expertise, being able to kind of sell their expertise in networking events and like standard kind of uh, milieu. Uh, and so you took a leap, I'm, I'm thinking about a year ago and decided to learn your the craft of digital marketing, digital business, uh, even more than you already knew. And so we were talking about how that was such a cool step and how it's kind of allowed you to leapfrog a lot of the stuff that people are kind of stepping into today. So I'd really love to talk about that today. So tell me a little bit about your thinking. How did you come to the point where you're like, I got to start doing some of this stuff? Yeah, great, great, Duff. Uh, great question as well. Um, to, uh, I guess, first things first, uh, say that I'm uh, a, a full-time lawyer, uh, practicing right. lawyer, corporate commercial lawyer. And um, yeah, as you say, I was looking at, uh, really, I always have been, uh, as a corporate commercial or, and working with businesses, uh, look, looking at businesses and the way that they, they need to be reinvented and they need to be disrupted. Uh, because I know this from working with a lot of my most successful clients where they've looked at sure. the way things are being done and looked at how they need to be done differently. And it was in the course of doing that and looking at working with some of my clients that I realized the, same, the exact same thing needs to happen with respect to my law firm, uh, a traditional law firm, uh, and there needs to be some thought about what the the law, the practice of law looks like in the in the virtual age. Uh, sure. And uh, I I know I was at a at a much bigger firm uh, a couple of years ago. It wasn't being as well as it could have been. I broke off with a group to form the firm that I'm at now, and we were I would say progressive and certainly ahead. But I realized we weren't as far enough ahead as we needed to be. We weren't we weren't leaders uh, the way that I've seen. Uh, uh, people in different industry have. So 
taking from that, to answer your question, taking from that, I said, okay, so what do we need to do in order to increase? And that's where my learning curve began. And that's among other things, how you and I eventually began to work together. Yeah, you've got such an interesting story and you're not a digital um, newbie either. You're, you're a digital native. I mean, you've got kind of a long story, a long history in, in tech and startups. In fact, uh, the genesis of your book, which is called The Millionaire's Lawyer, was some of your stories and some of your workings with Elon Musk. So I'm, I'm really interested to hear how that came about and how that kind of manifested into this book that you have. Oh, great. Yeah. Th- thanks for bringing the book into it as well there, Jeff, uh, for sure. Because I, f- I found it throughout the course of my career. I'm, a, I'm a, 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 a approximately a 20-year lawyer. So I've been okay. practicing for about 20 years. And I've found that I've been telling the same, uh, or I've been teaching the same lessons, if you will, to, to corporate clients over the years and watching them grow their businesses. Uh, and a lot of these lessons were rooted in some of my early uh, days in the tech world with some of my friends who include Elon and his brother, Kimball Musk, uh, as we started uh, the, first, the first of their many successful companies. Uh, and I realized that there were some principles that were emerging from this. And the more I thought about them, the more I realized they are actually a book. And so that's what I've done is I've turned that to, into the book, The Millionaire's Lawyers, you say, in which I tell a series of these stories. The first one being actually very much that in my, in my early days with Elon and Kimball, uh, we're looking at the internet and the way services were being provided on the internet. If you can imagine the first success story, and Elon is, infam- is famous for this, uh, where he'll sit and think about how things need to change. Uh, we were trying to order a pizza online. Literally <laughs> back in the early days of the internet, uh, trying to order a pizza online and realizing how difficult it was actually to do. And Elon said, there must be a better way. There's a better way of organizing the information. And so he, I won't say I, or he was said about solving the technology issue Sure. And then talking to myself and Kimball and others to solve the business side of things to make that happen. And so that was the first, uh, the first of uh, Elon and Kimball's success stories. Uh, they, uh, I guess I participated as well, but it was really a company that he and uh, the two of them founded that uh, was sold to Compact Computers for 307 million US at the time, the largest internet all cash deal of its time. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. And I'm sure there's a lot of really good stories for um, all sorts of kinds of entrepreneurs in that story itself about how to carry yourself, how to imagine what's possible and to kind of, um, uh, one of my favorite books is um, by the director of the Stanford Lab for Innovation and What I Wish I Knew When I Was 20, I think it's called. And um, it just talks about innovation and how you have to break through uh, how you think of things and how to kind of reimagine things and how they could be. Um, so it, obviously there's a lot of really cool lessons in the book. People should check out that book. It's called The Millionaire's Lawyer. Um, where do they get that book? Just out of curiosity, just since we're kind of chatting. Yeah, well, it's it available sort of all, uh, all sort of major uh, uh, circulation, uh, Amazon, of course, and they can get it through the, uh, through the uh, website for The Millionaire's Lawyer, which is jpmacavoy.com. So find okay. it through your traditional ways, or of course, feel free to go through to our website at jpmacavoy.com. So some of those lessons that you learned early on, and now you've stepped into the digital realm and you, you have quite a lot of things going on right now. Um, how has your business changed and how are you seeing it change in the future? Well, we're seeing it. That's another great question because we're, we're all watching this change now rapidly in sure. front of us. And uh, I was quite happy. I'm, I'm quite happy to be able to say now that I had a lot of the steps in motion or I had a lot of things in place prior to the COVID shutdown that we've seen. Right. Uh, for example, my firm has, has always been, uh, we've always been able to operate remotely and, and paperlessly. Uh, most, most law firms can't, uh, uh, can't say that. Sure. And so as things, as things shut down, um, we were already set up to do things virtually and have only continued to do so. That's the biggest change that we're seeing right now with business, any service uh, type business. I shouldn't say any, but the vast majority of them. 
Um, uh, Spotify is located. I'm talking to you from Ottawa, Canada right now. And uh, yeah. the head offices for uh, you're not Spotify, Shopify are, are situated here. Yeah. And uh, the uh, uh, CEO of, of Shopify has recently said, and he's completely accurate saying that, you know, the impact of, of COVID-19 on business is that it's, it's accelerated things by 10 years. You know, our step, our, our stepping into the, into the remote or virtual world has been accelerated by 10 years. And I see that as being absolutely the case. And yeah. I say for my own lessons or my own firm, we were uh, already in, uh, en route. And I'm happy to say that we're sort of lock and step with companies like Shopify as a consequence of the changes we've been making all along. Yeah, because your, your firm is both in Ottawa and in Florida and you're married, you've got a couple of kids. So you're, you're living this idea of a virtual enterprise Yes, absolutely. And that's uh, even seamless to that because we have physical offices in uh, uh, both uh, Ottawa and, uh, and Orlando, actually, Florida, okay. as you say. Uh, uh, so for physical, but we realize now that we're doing business everywhere, uh, business through the Millionaire's Lawyer and then law through conduct law. Uh, and that's being done by scan, email, uh, you know, virtual meeting as well. Because a lot of business is being done virtually now. A lot of times uh, we're not even meeting clients. We know them. Uh, we are sort of cer certainly meeting the law society requirements, uh, but we may not physically be in the same room as a lot of these clients now because they're finding us from all over the world and we're helping them do business all over the world. We were talking about a funny story offline and you and I have uh, participated in a common business group. And I was joking that if you ever are stuck in an escape room, I ne you need to be on the team. You need to be on a team with JP, but I don't think we'll be doing escape rooms for a little while, but um, yeah. No, it's just a little fun fact about JP and I there. <laughs> yeah. um, now, a podcast is uh, part of your journey as well. Mm -hmm. And so you've got a podcast, which, which is up and running. And I've heard great things about your podcast. And that as well is called The Millionaire's Lawyer. So tell me about that journey and how that came about and how it's doing for you. Yeah, thanks Steph, for that. Thanks for that. And thanks for the compliment. It is, I mean, the podcast is doing great. Uh, and again, so interesting to watch people tuning in and sending notes from all, all around the world. The, uh, what we try to get into in the podcast is it's a typical conversation with a business owner, but we dig into um, some of the lessons that perhaps they haven't learned uh, or didn't learn. And certainly if they were working with the wrong type of lawyer, that they were learning the wrong way as they're growing their businesses. So a couple of great war stories from them as well as they've, as they've talked about growing their businesses. I typically direct the show towards people that have, uh, have a following of their own, have a business of their own that uh, they're looking or hoping to exit within uh, the next five years. So a lot of it's uh, sort of discussion of what that looks like to the extent they're uh, comfortable talking about it uh, on air, obviously they won't, they won't say everything, but some of the lessons, a lot of the people will talk about how they've been afraid to talk to a lawyer or they've worked with the long lawyer. Uh, mm -hmm. or attorney and how it set them back. And so we talk about the right ways to people on the, on the right path to success and hopefully uh, in others listening, they'll also be, you know, that much further ahead in their own business. I think that's a, a huge point. You know, there's certain things that we, as entrepreneurs, we can spend a lot of money on and it can be money spent erroneously if we don't really know what we're doing and, and legal fees, uh, diff different fees associated with, uh, uh, accounting practices and managing money and these kinds of things for sure. Like we can step into a quagmire if we're not careful. So it's, I think it's really good that people check out your podcast, Millionaire's Lawyer. I think that's uh, something we should all get better at, you know? Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, absolutely. And th thanks for that, uh, for sure. Ch uh, listening to the podcast, you'll hear some of the things. A lot of people are, you just, you just summed up perfectly, Def. A lot of people think that it's too expensive to talk to an accountant or a lawyer or, uh, you know, what. Uh, even you know to buy a certain piece of technology or a certain piece of hardware 
what they don't realize is it's potentially a lot more expensive not to talk to the right person, right? Sure. Uh, who might uh, move them ahead from a, a tax perspective, right? A, a good accountant setting them ahead in that regard, or a good lawyer structuring things so that they minimize a capital gain or something like that. It, it can have the effect of being a lot more expensive. And again, a piece of hardware. So something that does something more efficiently for a business uh, or you know, working with the right developer who can build the business that much quicker. This is one of the things I constantly say to people is it's a justifiable, justifiable expense if it's adding value. You just have to decide to make sure that it's adding the right value to your business. Yeah, totally agreed. The other, the other theme that I love that you talk about is, um, and we, we, this is another thing we talked about offline, is you know when you're, when you're an entrepreneur, and, and even more so, I think, if you're just stepping into it, and you're not quite used to the idea of being a service-based provider, maybe you've had the structure of a corporate milieu or something in the past, so you're stepping into it, and you know, immediately you're confronted with all these choices that are uncomfortable, you're not used to it, um, and you know, you can get stuck in things like the client hustle or just trying to figure out how to grow your sales mm. and these, which is natural mm. at the beginning. But um, what I love about you, you kind of take people from idea to exit in that respect. I mean, you're really focused on building a business, building and growing a business. Yeah. And Duff, you put it perfectly because a lot of people, they get lost in the weeds, right? Or they get, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they get frozen, uh, paralysis by analysis, right? They're sitting and they're trying to think about this way, doing things. Whereas uh, one of the things as a business lawyer I do uh, is I say, what's the goal? Where are we going? Uh, and sometimes they haven't thought about it. I'll talk through what maybe some of the potential goals ought to be. One of them ought to be selling, sure. right? And selling for a profit. Uh, it's not just a mean, you know, it's not just survival. It's like, okay, we're going to operate. We're going to take it to a certain point and then we're going to sell it. And, and, and sometimes it's someone's baby. I get that where they don't want to, but to at least have it as be that idea. And from there, you need to back up. So if we sell it, what is it? What is a transact? What do we need to do for that transaction? Great. Let's put the right foundation in place so that when you get to that day, you're ready to do it. And then you can worry about getting back in the weeds and working everything along the point to get you that spot. But if you don't start with the end goal in mind, you're never going to get there. And that's one of the things I'm constantly telling clients. Yeah, totally agreed. And it changes the way you think about things as well. Like it really, it's, it, it, it's kind of an escape hatch that you can jump into from kind of, I call it end of nose thinking, where you're just kind of staring at what's right in front of you. It gets, it's a way of stepping out of that and thinking differently a little bit. So yeah, super valuable. In fact, you've actually got a course. Um, people can go to your site, which is jpmacavoy.com, jpmcavoy.com. And there's a course there that you've actually, uh, it sounds like an amazing course. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. So the course itself, it's, it's doing a little bit of what we discussed here. It's called grow and sell your business, which is somebody that is in business right now, uh, positioning it for a future sale is what it's doing. And going back to what I said before is people are afraid to talk to their lawyer. A lot of times they wait too long. The course has the effect of letting them know, educating them as to the process, what the lawyer will actually be doing. Uh, as they are preparing a business for sale and then obviously discussing what happens during an actual transaction. And the big reason why there's, I mean, a huge value of the course. And as you say, I, I, I mean, I agree with what you're saying there because I have put up in the course and the course materials include all of the documents and the types of things that I would use in order to close a transaction for somebody. So yeah. the types of things that people put in place, ideally if they've got a holding company or family trust and what these things actually are, how they work towards minimizing the capital gain on the sale of their business, all these things are all included as part of the course materials. So uh, you can see the types of things that lawyers will be doing. You can actually pick and choose. And ultimately, if you take something like this, if you take this course, you'll be in a position to actually save yourself thousands of dollars when you go to actually put these things into place for your own business. Sure. 
I think too, just as someone who wears many hats, uh, you know, I'm involved, I, my portfolio has a bunch of different things in it. Um, you know, understanding from a legal point of view, an accounting point of view, an insurance point of view, like how to structure things, it's really important, you know, you're, you just, just to optimize your entire business at any yeah, it juncture. Really does. Yeah, it yeah. optimizes the business and, and protects it. Sure. Uh, and it minimizes your tax uh, during the course of its, of its existence and on yep. its sales. So these are things that are they're easy. It's like doing your will, right? Uh, everybody yeah. knows they need one, but they keep thinking they can delay it, you know, until some event. Well, when that event arrives, it's too late. It's the same right. kind of idea when you go to sell your business, it's too late. You, all these things you could have had in place uh, have already come and passed. So it's very wise, obviously, to think it through earlier in the stages, as you say, uh, as things are formulating, to then bring it to the spot when you're actually going to make use of them to have it all in place properly. Yeah, but I, you know, one of the things we talked about earlier, I think it's really important. When you talk to your legal team, it's very interesting. They have this effect of getting you to think about things, the road ahead differently. And there's a ton of value even in that. There really is. Uh, there's a question I'd love to ask all my guests. Uh, when I started my entrepreneurship journey, I, I'm kind of a meat and potatoes guy. I grew up in Alberta, Canada, and everybody would use this word resistance. And I, I didn't know what that meant. And if you go and look around online, it, you know, even in a clinical perspective, it usually means a resistance between practitioner and their, their patients or their clients. Hmm. But I hear it a lot with entrepreneurs in the context of, I want to do X, or of course, the name of this is off my get off my butt and do something. Uh, but I have this resistance. So I always ask my guests, what are they, what's their relationship to this word resistance? And if so, or what, whatever that is, how do you push through it or shift it for you? That's interesting. So I, I, I take that uh, question in two different ways Yeah. because, uh, and I was actually discussing this uh, earlier today with one of the other attorneys here uh, because there's uh, resistance that we experience in our practice. And as we, uh, resistance that we experience with respect to deals or deal flow or closing these transactions. So, you know, the right. theme we've been discussing here, Jeff, uh, for somebody that's looking to sell our business, it's, uh, I'll, I'll speak to both. Uh, but the, uh, the most telling is uh, the resistance to getting a deal closed, to getting a deal actually done. And by that, uh, uh, to drill deeper, every deal needs, if a, if a business is going to be sold, uh, it goes without saying there needs to be a willing buyer and a willing seller. Sure. Uh, the lawyer is, uh, and the broker and the accountant and you know, all the advisors, they're just a conduit uh, for the both that, that willing buyer and that willing seller. And so it's fascinating. And I've learned this through the years as well. Uh, and obviously I've written about this and I talk about this in the podcast. Uh, you cannot force that buyer or that seller uh, if they're resisting. Um, all you can do is try to solve the barriers that they're experiencing. Sure. Uh, but I've learned not to do that too forcefully uh, because what happens is a, a deal, a, the deal uh, can, can take a turn. So I've learned, you know, depending on who I'm working with, either the buyer or the seller, to make sure that they're prepared uh, for the process, that they understand that there will be these resistance points and sure. make sure that we don't get what's called deal fatigue. They're able to work through it. Right. Uh, to get to the point where a transaction actually occurs. So to say, I see that on, on deals and I don't, need to, I don't need to be a psychologist to say specifically what each of, they, each of them are. I just am aware of the fact that they do exist. And by virtue of being aware, I'm able to help a client work through those. 
And that's kind of a way to answer the second part of the second way that I read that because in my own practice, working through that very resistance as well, right? So I talk about deals. It's in particular in deals is where you see it. And I always say you can't force a deal. You can't force someone to you know, write a check. You can't force someone to cash a check. You can only take, put all the steps into place to allow them to want to do that. And uh, in my own practice, it's the same thing where I find, and I'm getting learning through the years, there are times in my own practice uh, where it's, it just seems to be more difficult to get things done uh, it's, uh, I, a lot of my, a lot of my business, my legal practice and the millionaire's lawyer is, is tied to business cycles. And by sure. that, uh, I work with a lot of business owners and I find for these business owners, uh, there are times when they're, when they are, they're working hard and they're very responsive. And there are times when they're either occupied and not able to deal with the types of things I work on, or frankly, they're on vacation, they're away. Um, and so I've, I've learned that there's an ebb and flow to that as well. And for myself as well, if I am, if I'm butting up against something too much, uh, if I feel like I'm trying to force through something too much, uh, I used to always do it by sheer willpower. I've run five marathons. I've put my head sure. down. I've, I was in the military. I've, I've put my head down and, and gotten through an awful lot. It takes a lot of energy. Sure. Uh, and I realize that I'm not prepared to expend it at all times for things. When I realize if I come back at it again uh, in a week or two, there, there won't be the, the, the resistance to the extent there probably was previous to that. And so I've learned to be a little more patient to make sure things come through. So as I say, both business, making sure people are aware for that. And then for myself and my own practice, making sure I'm patient uh, and working through things at the right timing. I love it. Yeah, that's great. Um, uh, yeah, interesting to hear it from both sides, you know, um, and I can tell that as part of you, the way you are. And that leads me into another question, which I also ask my guests, uh, which is if you were to... Um, identified maybe the biggest insight you've learned in all this journey what's that to distill it down to one yeah uh, that what a great question too Duff I know you ask it on your on your show your show is great uh, as you explore this and you uh, uh, you hear the answers from different uh, from different perspectives right as, as we all work through this right uh, sure as we all think through this I think that the you know if I had to distill it to one because again that's I think that's a challenge I prefer to have a list in front of me or give you a list. Uh, <laughs> we'll do another show. Just, yeah, exactly. That's like another. That's a whole other episode, right? Yeah. To distill it to one though, it, it's something I talk about in the book, and it's going back to one of these lessons with uh, uh, with Elon Musk is um, if you if you imagine it can be, it actually can be, uh, and uh, that's that's really powerful. A lot of people a lot of people don't even take the time to imagine and they certainly don't think it's possible. Whereas I've watched Elon uh, and you know, now it's, I mean, worldwide we're talking about, you know, he's talking about going to Mars. Like it used to seem like a pipe dream, but you know, he, he'll go to Mars, he'll go to Mars. And, and anybody that's looking to build a business or do something can employ that type of thinking. I've been doing it since, uh, I guess maybe I learned that lesson back, that, back in those days, but I've been doing it since and I've been working with clients and saying the same thing to clients. So if I have a client that comes in and says, uh, I want to, you know, start a business that, uh, you know, builds uh, water slides. Sure. I, I'll, I'll say to them, can you imagine that? Can, you know, do you think you could actually do that? Do you think you can actually put a, a, a water slide together? Do you think somebody would buy it? And they say, yeah, I, I can design these great slides. People will buy them. I say, great. You just started a business. That's, that, just by imagining, it does become that. Now the question is, how do you want to carry on business? How are we going to structure it, right? But right. just by allowing people to have that, that shift, is just the mind is a very powerful thing. If you think you can do it and you can, ima- and you can picture it in your mind, well, then the rest is just a recipe to success. It's just a question of how you get there. Once you understand where you need to be, you can put yourself on the track to, to that type of success. So that's the thing I learned a long time ago. And I've been doing that for my own business and my own clients ever since. That's a great answer because I think that um, a lot of us entrepreneurs are dreamers, you know, 
We, we dream mm. all sorts of mm. ideas, sometimes crazy ideas. But the, subtle, the subtlety of your message is there's a commitment behind that dream. And yeah. so it's really important that we, we commit to our dream and we, we have a, that internal belief we can do it. And, and to have the partners in crime that help us to re remember that we do, which is kind of where you come in. That's right. Yeah, it's so good to keep people, they keep, you know, you check in with people or they keep you accountable along the way. And as, as you say, check in uh, to, to, to see how you are, at, where you are in terms of achieving that goal that you've set for yourself and your business. You know, it's such a refreshing message because I think that not everybody thinks of your legal um, service provider, your partner in that respect, being kind of your inspirational partner. Um, so I love it that you bring that to your work. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of the clients, I have a lot of repeat clients. Uh, my most successful clients are those that have uh, applied these lessons and they'll buy and sell businesses five, six times, you know, so they're back. They, they'll buy a business, operate for a couple of years and sell it. Uh, so truly entrepreneurs in that sense, it's not even the business specific. They look at a business, they know they can run it better. They do that. They sell it. They make money of that. And a lot of them come back because of as what you just described is uh, um, they understand that I'll, I'll be a partner with them to achieve their business success. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's by virtue of understanding the different types of things. It's not just, it's not just a tactician. Uh, a, a lawyer does need to be a tactician. Sure. But there's also gotta be somebody that uh, uh, understands uh, the, the, the overall strategy as well uh, to help people achieve their goals. Yeah, no, I love it, I love it. What a fantastic time I've had talking to you today, JP. Um, it's, uh, it's fun, you know, like, uh, we become friends over the last couple of years in this business group. I love that your mission in life, um, fellow Canadian doing business on both sides of the border. Um, super interesting guy. Love your last answer to your last question and uh, going to be a super valuable um, episode for our, our listeners. So thank you so much for being here today. That's great. Duff. Thanks as always. Great to connect with you here. Looking forward to the next time already. Now, I want you guys to make sure to, to get more about JP. Um, you can go to visit his podcast, and I would ask you to rate and review his podcast as well. It's called The Millionaire's Lawyer. Um, now, his course, which you can access through his website, which is jpmacavoy.com, and there'll be um, URLs in the show notes here. And you can go and check out Grow and Sell Your Business, the online course that's there as well. And uh, he's also got the book. The Millionaire's Lawyer, which you're going to be able to hear all those stories, including the one with Elon Musk and all the insights that he provides in terms of how you can, uh, you can, you can uh, succeed in business. So, JP, thanks so much for being on the show today. Great. Thanks so much for having me. Love it. And for all you folks who are listening to this episode of Off My Duff, thank you once again for being here on our show. And remember, when you go out into the world to make the impact that you want, to teach what you love, live from your truth. I'm Duff Gardner. I'll see you next time. Hey, everyone. I'm Duff Gardner, and you've been listening to my show, Off My Duff, the Entrepreneur Podcast, where we're all about getting off your backside and making your impact by living your truth. If you're like me and you're an entrepreneur with a heart to help others, you need an offer that sells. An offer that sells helps you get traction with your business, more sales, more clients, more gigs, more fans, and more deals period. And here's what I believe. Your offer is the purest expression of your truth. So that's why I've created a free ebook, Offers That Sell, the eight-step revenue breakthrough system. Simply go to offersthatsell.com forward slash book to grab your free copy, and you can even follow it up with a chat with me, should you wish. It's been wonderful to have you here with us today. And as you get off your backside to make your impact 
on the world. Remember one thing, teach what you love, live from your truth. I'm Duff Gardner. See you next time. Bye now.